Hey guys, what's what the vibe? Up? It's like 10 p.m. for us, and I was we up were... all night, sick. Yeah, Ian was having the. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> if you're just listening, sorry about that. You're. <laughs> gosh. Last night you were so not doing. Coming great. back from Oppenheimer, got sick. Was kind of up all night. Yeah. I just get so sick of movie theaters. I was so sweaty. I think he ate something weird the night before. So he went out with a friend. okay, I think I know what it was. It was either the thing the night before, or I found that bag of munchies that was extra stale, and I ate Ugh. them. What were the munchies? What munchies? Like the chips munchies. That's like the Doritos and the. Oh, it's like called fl- munchies. Yeah, it's the name of the chip, and it has. And I bought them when disc golfing with Josh just a couple of days ago, and they were like super stale, but I still ate like multiple handfuls. Mm. And yeah, so might have been that. But anyway, we're here. Hi, welcome back to Cinema Q. Cinema I'm Q. Ian McHugh. And I'm India. McHugh. Still Barbie. Kind of Oppenheimer. Sweats? I don't know. I just kind of gave up on that whole skirt situation. I was like, let's just get back to being me. <laughs> yeah. So we're in comfortable clothes now. So, so we have goods to talk about. Okay. Ready? Welcome to Cinema Q, where we chat all things film and faith through our lens of storytellers and as a creative married duo. I'm Ian McHugh, filmmaker, actor, and writer with over 10 years in the industry. And I'm India, photographer and actress. Together, we discuss the art of filmmaking and review what we're watching, all to discover what should go next in your cinema queue. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. Last episode was our kernel. Mm -hmm. And this is the... Yeah, it was a long kernel. It was a half-popped kernel. Um... This is the one for the folks who have watched Barbie and Oppenheimer. We thought it'd be fun to do the dual episode because it was like a dual societal event. Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. I'm still on Oppa Barbie. <laughs> Oppa Barbie. Um, yeah. So we've got lots of thoughts. Mm-hmm. And you probably more than me. I'll, I'll listen. Yes. So you guys can cancel her for her thoughts instead of yes, me. Yes, yes. And I'll preface by saying I have not read a full review on Barbie because I wanted to do this first and give like my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only just heard the hype that people have had on social media. That's right. about it. I've, heard, I've read a few comments, but I didn't want to read anyone's articles yet because I was like, let me decide for myself. Let me think for myself as a woman. Which is you, <sighs> not me. Listen, hard to do these days. Um, and mm. then Oppenheimer, I listened to the Holy Post podcast and they started talking about it. And so that's how I learned a little more context. But other than that, I, have, I haven't really read much about that either. Yeah. I haven't read anything, watched a little reviews just to refresh my brain because again, I fell asleep during Barbie and started not feeling super well during so Oppenheimer. Sleepy. So I got to rewatch them, give them a fair shot. But yeah. All right. What, what are you thinking? <laughs> India Jade. McHugh. Let's dive in in my little nuggets that's her full name for everyone that wants to cancel her for all of her okay Uh, yeah don't (laughs) cancel us but also we're gonna share our opinions we're adding to the conversation with our opinions opinions. Opinions. and i have opinions about barbie so i knew the um you know christian buzz was like don't go see this leftist feminist movie blah and i was like uh guys Jesus i want to go was see oh feminist um anyway <laughs> so i want to break down some terms for us today and oh just kind of like get down to I the baseline come prepared for any well listen we you've probably heard ben mm-hmm. shapiro had this bazooka long interview and he went to the store and bought barbies and then lit them on fire <laughs> extreme <laughs> which is 
ironic because you're supporting Mattel with the Bye, money and then them, yeah. whatever. But I wanted to just break down some terms because people who were calling it a feminist film, the definition of feminism is the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of equality of the sexes. By definition, holding it up to the Bible, is that wrong? Put a comment in, in the chat if you think it's right or wrong because I that's literally like That's what Jesus biblical. encouraged in people. Uh, Men and women, the women that he yeah. are different. Built in the Imago Day. They should be separate treated. responsibility, equal in <laughs> equal value. In, in value and dignity. And we have different roles. Doesn't mm -hmm. mean we're to be valued. I have a couple less extra than. right here. <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, okay, so for anyone who's like, oh my gosh, a feminism thing. Well, look at the definition. It's not that yeah. bad. But I do understand <laughs> culturally, um, you know, what the definition is of something versus what the culture accepts can be different because an, another great example is evangelical. The definition of evangelical is of or according to the teaching or the gospel of the Christian religion. Not bad. I'm an evangelical. That we're evangelical. That is correct. But culturally, the term evangelical or white evangelical can get a really bad rep. And then people are like, the understanding from maybe non-believers or just anyone in public is like, oh, this is something different than the definition. So I do understand that. Yeah. And we're running off of those definitions, not what culture has painted them out to be in recent headlines. But I just want to say that. I'm like, hey, if anyone's You're out here like... So many people were getting all up in a tissy and I'm like, just, tissy? just Isn't it a tizzy? calm your panties. <laughs> just, <laughs> just calm <chill>. your tizzies. <laughs> all right. Take your tizzies and calm them down. So my thoughts for the actual Barbie movie. Oh, we're starting with Barbie. Okay. Yeah. If it. that's cool with you. I mean, yes, Barbie. <laughs> Hi. Um, <laughs> same, same as we said prior, I heard about the feminism stuff and I was like, cool, let's go. And then wanted to love it because I was like, I don't think I'm going to have an issue with this. Let's do it. And the feminism didn't bother me. It was the plot. <laughs> and I feel so I, sad that it wasn't a better movie. Can I say something real quickly? Uh, wait, you were sad that it wasn't a better movie? Is that what yeah, you just said? Yeah, I wanted hmm. it to be more than it was. Maybe it's a commentary on women. Maybe the meta narrative is that women should be better <laughs> i don't know it just like fell flat here's what i decided in my brain <laughs> that's where i decide things <laughs> i was like this feels like the draft of a film that they were pitching and they were like all right so here's option b and they were like love it send it to print or send it to the theater you know like it felt like an almost done and almost mm -hmm. one they're like well we're, we're playing with two different plot lines because i like the beginning and i like the end i didn't really care for the middle and so I think I have an alternate plot if you guys will listen to it. Oh, she, um, has a, she has a lot of things in that phone right there. That is almost dead. So we might have to leave yeah, at one point in the middle too. I was just like, I feel like it wasn't the final best Kay. idea. This is what else I wanted to say before I let you go further on <laughs> this. I'm just like a loose cannon tonight. Yeah. Oh gosh. Is movie was over. We walk relatively silently to the car. We sit down and I'm like, India, your thoughts first. Like, I didn't want any of my maleness to yeah, intrude <laughs> on, on like how she thought about the film or perceived the film. And I let her go for a while of just her thoughts. And so a lot of this is just you building on your own thoughts, not, you know, influenced by the patriarchy that I just naturally am as a man, I guess. And so, no. uh, yeah, but that's, that's a little context of like, 
you think this stuff on your own and then you and I have kind of talked about it a little bit, but we're saving most of our conversation for, for right now. now. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm, I'm excited to hear what you have to say because I, I think, you know, my thoughts that I thought it was kind of mid, as I said in the last episode, yeah. very just kind of average movie that with all the hype built around it, I was expecting more from it. Um, I think it took some bold choices and sure. I mean, it's art, right? Go for it. But yeah, so this is purely your thoughts, not influenced by me. You're so cute. Look at this non-patriarchy boy. Hmm. Look at that. <laughs> okay, so casting was great. We talked about that. Except I have my opinion. <laughs> Ryan Gosling, I'm sure, is an amazing person. I think he did great in The Notebook. But when that came out and all the girls were like swooning, I was like, eh, he's fine. And he did great in The it's Notebook. like a paper plate. Because... <laughs> Useful. We're gonna meet him one day and be like, yeah, yeah we're useful, but gonna. like for occasions, you know, like barbecue. Sure, I don't want to do dishes. Barbecue. <laughs> I don't know why that came to my mind. I've never thought that thought before. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> wait. Ryan Gosling is a paper plate, a Thursday, and the number forty-eight and November. It's all the same. Yeah. Um, and Ryan Gosling is toothpaste. Thursday. Um, if you guys hear that farting like sound, left, that is India shifting on the shoe, couch. Like a left yeah. fast fashion That has shoe. no aglet. Anyway, so I've never been like, uh, you know, thinking that he's the hottest man in Hollywood or anything, but he's a great actor. Even with his newly chiseled eight pack. I think he did great in The Notebook. He did fine in La La Land. I was also wishing there was someone else there, but. Yeah. And same with Emma. I, I, I wanted Jeremy oh, Jordan in that role. I wanted it's them fine. to actually get like Broadway <laughs> people for La La Land. Yes. Get the people who've worked their whole lives for this. Uh, it's fine. But for Barbie, for Ken, I have a list of men that I think would have been a better fit for that role. Let me just pull them um, up. Appa jeans, our cat. Okay. First, Simu, who plays another Ken. Why not him? First of all, he looks more Kenly to me. Kenley. Zach Efron. A clean-shaven Hemsworth brother. A clean-shaven Jonas brother. Henry Cavill, Kevin. who's from Batman. He looks uh, like a Ken. No, say that differently. Ca Cavill? It's from Superman. Not Batman. Is it Batman versus Superman? Well, he is Superman. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> and The Witcher and all that. Yeah, yeah. he looks like a Ken. Like yeah. clean-shaven. He's shaven. probably too old is the issue. Ryan Reynolds. Chris oh, Evans. Ra Ryan Reynolds could have played every part Rob of the movie. Rob Lowe. I think would have been a great Ken. He's he's so silly in Parks and Rec that he has that doll-like comedic energy. Mm. Justin Baldoni, Ian McHugh. We had oh. options. <laughs> I didn't even we had options. If you just do a <laughs> casting for The Bachelorette, you you'll just, have options. You just want me to get that role so I'd go into a workout routine and have a six-pack. I just, like, he did fine, but, like... I don't know. I just was picturing more of these like clean cut, make it look like a doll. Like the, mm -hmm. the uh, criteria for Margot Robbie was like the most stereotypical, beautiful, tall, blonde. And, and all you Gen Zers <laughs> out there saying she's mid. Okay. Wake up. Go home. You're wrong. Okay. But she is beautiful. But all the Kens except for Simu were just Simu. falling, falling short for me. I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I looked it up. Simu. Seymour Butts. No, he was in Shang-Chi. Yeah. Anyway. Th so, sorry. I love you, Ryan. 
at a distance. I just think there was there was other Kens. But when I was doing that research on other attractive men in Hollywood that could have played Ken, Tom Hanks. Just kidding. Listen, that would have been so cute. Ian McKellen. <laughs> um, honestly, George Clooney as like an older Ken. Widen that audience. Um, but there was not a lot of attractive young men that came up, and that's a problem. We need more handsome boys in Hollywood. Where are they? I like still have hat hair from my Oppenheimer outfit. Listen, I was like sad. I was like, there are not that many cute ones out there. Okay, so that was my issue with the casting. Otherwise, pretty great. Totally fine. I definitely did after seeing the huge like star-studded list of names. I thought they would have way more role, like way more lines and dialogue and screen time. Yeah, like that. The one gal from Bridgerton's in there for five seconds. Dua Lipa says, hi, Barbie. And that's it. John Cena says, hi, Barbie. And that's it. And I was like, you pay, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for these awesome names to like pop up on IMDb, but they don't have much of any screen time and they don't add to the plot one bit. And I think that that's just like quite the bummer. Any thoughts on that? (laughs) I agree. Ryan Gosling did his part and did it well, but Ken wasn't a big part of the film. Um, So it just, it was what it was. Also, interesting, I did read this fact. It said Bowen Yang, Dan Levy, and Ben Platt were all in the running to play a Ken. All three of those men are gay. Because of the... <laughs> <laughs> so that would be funny. But also, I was like... But there's... They have all the musical numbers look. and stuff. But they had the musical numbers. And One. so they just wanted... None of them look like Ken. I think Dan Levy out of all of those would have been hilarious. But like, I just think it's so bizarre. It's like you're making a movie about these stereotypical dolls and you're choosing like people that just don't paper plate energy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Okay. So here's how I would have done Barbie. I think Greta Gerwig did a great job with the overall direction. Very unique. When we first heard about the movie, I was like, is this campy? Is this Disney? Is this a musical? Is this a comedy? Like, what is what is going to happen? I think you tried to do all of them and kind of failed. Yeah. So I think there's a million directions they could have taken this movie. And I think they got close with this direction. But to me, it just didn't. Harry Styles could have played Ken. That man could do anything. Um... You said One Direction, so... <laughs> Anyone from... Zane from One Direction. Zane. Like, someone, please. But here's yeah. how I would have done the movie differently. I literally have this, like, written down. Okay. This was the A version of the movie. First of all, opening shot, what is it? Cut it out. Why do we need that? Why Why is it even R, you know? What... Is this the history of Mattel's Barbie? Is this the history of women interacting with dolls? Is this a commentary on women and feminism? Is it all of it? Is it none of it? I think it would have been stronger if we had this Barbie who was discovering why being a human woman is the most important place to be versus wanting to stay in a perfect Barbie land. And so this opening shot, get rid of it. That was fine, but like just didn't really add much. It never really circled back either. So then we have the rest of it. Barbie's waking up in her dream house. Lizzo's playing in the background. Vibes are good. Vibes are strong. And everything's great. And then we get to the dancing scene. And we're all like, wow, Margot's real cute. The lighting's really fun. And then she's like, do you guys ever think about dying? Not only is that 
precisely what I have said before in the same context. We'll be literally dancing around the kitchen. She's like, ah, death. No, it's scary. Um, yeah. But all the way up until that, I was like, yes, yes, yes. This is on track. This is going to be a good film. Then it just kind of like the next morning, she's like, I have to go talk to Weird Barbie, which is Kate McKin- McKinnon from SNL. Um and then it happened there and then she had the funny moment with like the Birkenstock versus the heel and she gets cellulite. That's like blue pill, red pill. They, they referenced a lot of other films. So, yes, so. I thought all that was good up until there. I do think that scene particularly could have been funnier. They could have done more McKinnon, yeah. um, in the Birkenstock moment, but you know, whatever. So then if this was India's movie, if I was directing from that moment on, then Barbie would go on this adventure to the real world Ken appears with her. They're trying to figure this out. Then they're on Venice Beach and they're starting to realize that like Barbie's getting harassed for how she looks and what she's wearing by the people in the real world. All of that. Keep that. And then if you've seen it, obviously they go off on their whole side plot with Mattel and Will Ferrell and the men. And then they're like, oh, we got to go save Barbie land. And Ken learns about patriarchy, which is just horses. Well, patriarchy is much more than horses. That there weren't horses in the patriarchy. He didn't want it anymore. Yes. Uh, that was why? Bad. Why the horses? Forget all of that. Here's what should have happened. Once she's in the real world, she should have started to interact with more women, which we had the glimpse of the elderly lady on the bus stop. But five seconds ago, Barbie was just saying, "Ooh, cellulite. Ooh, flat feet. And now she's looking at this old, beautiful, wrinkled woman and goes, you're beautiful. How does she come to that realization? Show us. Just like show us. I think it would have been stronger if Barbie had to interact in the real world with multiple real women and be like, well, she has flat feet and she has cellulite. She has acne. She but has She's wrinkles. a single mom of three kids working to like yes. she's powerful for these other reasons, even though that she has wrinkles and Yes, real like had to do that. And as she's doing that, strength that her do physical have. looks start to be a little more earthly and less perfect. And start to realize more of these changes. And then I think the portal to Barbie land could have started to close. And then people back in Barbie land would be like, oh my gosh, the guys are starting to take over. What do we do? And she's like, I need to get back home. And then like at the end. And you kind of have a little southern accent coming out with your. The end, and, and then. It would have been stronger if Barbie had to choose to stay in reality and become a human full time, knowing that the ideal of Barbie land was going away. If it meant that men and women were going to partner together for human flourishing. Cue the Billie Eilish song. Loved it. I did cry during that montage because it was the only real thing in the whole, the whole film. It was beautiful. I was like, oh, that's right. That's what it's like to feel and to be a woman and to like experience womanhood. That was beautiful. Show me more. We got so sidetracked with this whole like, oh, look, the boys are horses and beer. And then let's have our very like, you know, direct. This is what it's like to be a woman. It's impossible. Not that that's not necessary, but there's a saying in marketing. It's like show, don't tell. So show us why that is true. Show us why it's impossible to be a woman. They just wanted to hit things on the nose and spell it out. And maybe they're thinking because people have missed the mark all these years and it's not getting through our thick skulls or something. Yeah. And I think that's why it landed so well with a lot of folks because they were like, finally. But we talked about. (laughs) No, I'm just entertained in film when it invites me in to think. And I'm not. I don't know everything and I'm trying to figure it out before the character figures it out. And I'm trying and like they give us little pieces to understand to try to 
Yeah. And, and I don't feel like this movie gave me that. So I wasn't really entertained because I didn't have to guess anything. Yeah. hundred percent. It was well, just all told. I was going to say as well, we are believers in Jesus and we have, I think, intellectual conversation frequently about women and with men, our brains, with our brains, we think with our heads. Um, but with women and men and like what the role is of, of male and female and gender and all that stuff. And so to me, we talk about this all the time. We're like, of course, like we need to support women. Of course, men and women should partner for Mm -hmm. the kingdom of God. And we understand like the Imago Dei of like, we are equals and I never want to be like separate in roles, right? Like I I don't ever want to be overbearing over you and powerful and all this stuff. And you must serve me and make me a sandwich. Like, no, that's never been in our if DNA. If I want to make you a sandwich, it's because I want to make yeah, you a sandwich. Yeah, with the homemade bread. She's been cooking <laughs> some bread Or if you recently. ask because it's serving and you do yeah. the same for me. You get me I still have to do the dishes. Too. I'm two days into that now. <laughs> but but yeah, we, we kind of understand that and we're not fully into a space where that is dominating our lives, where India is looked down upon. Because But those things still do happen and they have happened. And, and yeah. so we understand that this conversation needs to be had, but it's also not a new conversation for us. Exactly. I was going to say that like, that's the difference is I feel like we're in circles frequently that are talking about and evaluating the ways that like patriarchy or matriarchy has harmed or blessed the community and different ways that men could rise up and serve better. And I mean, again, for those of you who are believers in Jesus, you're probably not unfamiliar with the way Jesus interacted with women frequently uplifted them, brought them out of the margins of society amplified their voices, taught them kindness, showed them kindness, treated them Turned with kindness. Turned away from their, the shame of like when they were caught and stuff. He, and, like, yeah, like he protected the, the them first people to preach the good news were women and, and he men didn't that. believe them. Yeah, and he entrusted so, like, that to the women. Exactly, and there were female prophets and there were female business owners in the Bible and I think a lot of times... Mm, Western American Christianity has missed that and we read the Bible literally versus contextually and so we get these crazy ideals that have unfortunately harmed women and minorities for years and years and years. So anyway, we talk about that all the time. We understand that context and that difference. So while it was important to see it, you know, and hear it from a big main mainstream screen, um I guess I was just like, well ju- we know we mm-hmm. we're aware so hopefully it starts conversations for other people but show show us why yeah show us why it's not important to retreat back to barbie land show us why this world could benefit from men and women working together and sh- give us hope for the future mm-hmm. i think like so greta is a great men need women and women need men and this yeah in this planet like 100%. genuinely like you can't erase gender uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and i mean uh, we can get all types of into it but there are just some things like men should be doing and some things that women should be doing and we need both together because 100%. if the world was only filled with women guess what you'd only have one generation left if the if it was only filled with men you'd only have one gen- because like we need each other not just for procreation but responsibilities roles function in society and for the necessity of human flourishing i think both genders need to be equal working together yes and and so yeah we understand that but keep going. Well, you're, no, I 100% agree. I was just going to share Greta Gerwig, the director of Barbie. Greta Gerwig. Um, She's done Little Women, so she should. I really liked Little women. women. I haven't seen it, actually. I actually really liked it. I love the cast. The cast is great. All your crushes are in it. 
What? You love oh. Emma. What's her face? What? Emma Watson and Margot Robbie. Well, Margot Robbie wasn't. I know, but I'm just saying we've seen all your favorite cute ladies. Yeah. <laughs> like me. Oh, of course. Yeah. The cutest of ladies. Um. Um. Because it also has. Florence Pugh. Sorsha. 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 Yes, and she's in Lady Bird. So yeah. Greta's Florence worked with her Pugh. twice. At least. Yeah. And it has Mimothy Talishemst. Little Mim- Mim- Apple Boy. Little Timothy Malibu. He just looks like a Timothy little Chalamet. Johnny Appleseed. Every yeah. time I see him, I'm like, that little boy is just like just, out there with his doing satchel. Doing his best. Doing his darndest. Yeah. He's a leather satchel for sure. We got he paper really plates is. and leather satchels. He's a, he's a satchel mouse. Yeah. Also, if you guys keep on hearing this kind of like tooting noises, we're on a leather couch right now and our AC is off. So we're kind of squeaking on I'm it. Farting. So India's just letting them loose this whole podcast. But yeah, just context if you hear that. Um, I was just going to say that Greta did an amazing job with Lady Bird. And that was a movie that was nuanced and they didn't show, they showed us, they didn't tell mm-hmm. us what it's they like them to live be the experience. a teenager and have a mom and go through all of those normal feels and decisions. And for some people they left going like, what was the point? And others were like, that was it. That mm-hmm. was exactly how I feel being a teenager. It's a coming of age movie. So I wanted more of that from her here. I wanted more of the nuance. I wanted more of the coming of age, not a coming of age, but just womanhood. It was, it was kind of a coming of age. And self-discovery. From Barbie was yeah. of like growing up and discovering herself. And but all I that think stuff. that's what the difference is, is she also wrote it, correct? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the comedy part fell, it fell flat for me. And <sighs> I think she's done these really good nuanced dramas before that, adding the comedy like three or four jokes made us chuckle yeah but i was w- expecting to laugh way more and so i was like okay well maybe it'll be deep and then the deep parts felt a little too in your face literal and yeah yeah so and that's why i was a little bummed that's that's the <laughs> part that i was gonna say like michael sarah's part um as alan alan was like never pretty, circled back like pretty funny yeah and like the comedy sure made me chuckle a couple times but like kind of missed the mark on the comedy and then it kind of missed the mark on the musical and like what was that and then it kind of missed like the set design beautiful one of the strongest things it had going for it like unique world that they created lots of practicals like they did a lot of it practically it wasn't a lot of cgi stuff and like super fun creating the world but the rest of it i was like in film i want nuance artistry characters that require acting they even all had the same name because they were <laughs> unique but no they were all ken and barbie but yeah it was just like it missed the mark on so many things that it wanted to be that i I was like what even is it is it right. a social commentary is it a comedy is it it's a, literally listed as like action adventure comedy and i was like it's i not would really call action. national treasure an yeah. action adventure comedy it's just like a reverse wizard of oz you know They're, they start off in the land of milk and honey and then they adventure into the real world yeah yeah so we wanted it to be better and i think i mean like could you imagine i literally am like grieving what yeah, it could have the opportunity been. It, could, it had and i was like at um, least it got the conversation going and i am grateful sure. but like could you imagine if if barbie had to experience other women who were going through motherhood and menopause and teenagers in the real world and then have the conflict of my perfect little Barbie land is going up in flames from the Ken's. But you know what? I'm going to choose to stay and then have Ken's character join and fight with her and say, 
we can make this place better too. But how dare we have a woman and a man partner together? I will say it was interesting. They didn't have a romantic fling. And I think that's unique. Mm -hmm. And I think Greta spoke on that being an intentional choice because you didn't always have to have the woman have a romantic interest. But also Ken never apologized to Barbie for treating her like he did. And... I had, a, I had a friend tell me that that kind of ticked him off after he's like, I can finally be my own man. Oh, I don't need this. Uh, but he was kind of a jerk to her and treated her poorly. Yeah. And apologize. That's what big men do. It just never painted the full solution. Like the women in Barbie land fought to get it back to the way it was, not to a better future. Mm-hmm. And I think fall back to comfort, which then tears down the other side of people. That's something that I've been thinking about is like, um, ben Shapiro and all these people who are so angry. It's like, you're not angry that it's feminist. You're actually, by definition, not angry. Angry that it's not feminist enough. Yeah, because if because, it was truly feminist, right, it would have been equal. equal. Not, not one over the other. women elevated men below. <laughs> you just barbied that. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's just my, my thing is that I, I would love to see some real cinema that shows the beauty of womanhood and... Um, the nostalgia of dolls and Barbies and everything in a way that was like, let's move forward in a way that women and men are uplifted together because you need Barbie and you need Ken. Um, it also felt like Mattel, like with the side plot of Will Ferrell and the businessmen that I didn't find extremely funny. And I, I wish I found it was. some of their things funny, like just run in some direction. I yeah, like that some one. Of it was funny, but I, I wanted that to be sillier or more whatever. I think that that was like, it felt like Mattel's public apology for the way that they have not done their dollhood correctly. Yeah. Instead like of just like a purely fun Putting enjoyable. standards on And I think it's because they were one of the producers. Age. I wonder yeah. how much of it they were like, can you make sure you, you, you say we're like, sorry? This is our sorry <laughs> for like the early days and like we'll do better and like have... Like the knockoff Barbies that yeah. they all discontinued. That was unnecessary. Yeah. And it was here for this much screen time. Yeah. So anyway... Those are my thoughts with Barbie. Um, The Billie Eilish song, again, did bring me to tears. I love that. Um, Yeah. I feel like I had another thought. And check your phone. That's almost dead. Yeah. Do you have anything else with that one, babe? Uh, No, I think we need more films out there that make bold choices. But I, I do think this one missed the mark a little bit. Maybe it's just because of where I'm at in just like... Like I'm all for women and men being equal and like all the ways that God has designed us to be. And so I, I like, I don't know. I I'm really sad for the women that, you know, go through oppression from men and experience the patriarchy negatively. And like things need to change because I know not, not everyone's lived experiences maybe as, you know, blessed as yours has been or other people around us where it's not as big of a thing. What, but still, like even like we said before, like you've experienced it in some aspects of your life and workplaces or oh, whatever. Yeah. And so like it is real and it needs to be talked about. But I genuinely think that in art, it has more of an impact that will last longer if it is said in a more like in a way that invites us into the conversation instead of us just being told exactly what it is. And yeah. because Show then I want to be. Yeah men too because you can't just erase them sure sure yep so i don't have a lot of other thoughts uh i was super stoked to go see it i have nothing (laughs) really against it i think it could have changed some things from an art and film perspective to make it a more effective 
story. But yeah, it's a film. Go watch it. Yeah. Um, Join the conversation. I also appreciate Ian so cute when it was done and we were on our way to the car. He was like, just so you know, I love and support women and I don't want to speak over you. What did you think? <laughs> that is. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's started. cute because you And she's are, still talking to this day. You do such no, a kidding. good job. Like Ian's the MVP with that. But mm-hmm. I that was a joke. Going everyone. to see a, a feminist. Movie. Oh, absolutely. And we did it before. Oppenheimer, because yeah. I'm a servant. Because women. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do have one last thing. And I don't want to get canceled. But this is my opinion. This is our podcast. Yeah. This is our opinion. We're going to start being pretty honest on here because we want to just, we want to tell you, not show you. And then, yeah, cause divisive. <laughs> no, but this is just my opinion with it. Let me know if you agree or disagree. Women um, are beautiful, powerful, and strong. Agree. And. There was an actress who is a trans actress who is in the Barbie movie for just a few lines, just like everyone else, because no one had enough screen time. And their name is Harry Neff, or maybe it's Hari. But I just found that a little jarring because you're making a movie about women. And I'm not making a statement on like that issue, but I guess what I'm saying is like, since that is a tough topic right now in the feminist and lgbtq community is like where does the trans human fall what is their right is it the same thing as being a biological woman versus transitioning and like just you know there are some yeah, differences Mattel there kind of came out with like a special version of that barbie so it was kind of honoring their history like um, yes sure. so i i think that was a little like ah that that's just kind of lands a- weird if you're making a movie about the beauty of being a woman and a girl and then you've got a conflict of interest with like, that's yeah. something people are still with talking somebody about. somebody like, who was born a male taking the role that could have been played by a woman. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also like, I get that that's their experience yeah. thing. But I think for this movie, if the whole point was we're talking about women, maybe just save yourself that extra mm-hmm. controversy. They, I feel like they try to push too many like hot topic buttons that are going on in society with a little bit of everything. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what are we, what are we even talking about anymore? What is the point yeah. of this film? So that's just me. That's my opinion. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Um, that was Barbie. Time mm-hmm. for ops. Yeah. Oppenheimer. I have no other thoughts about German, Barbie. Mm-mm. Right? I mean, German roots because of the Communist Party and his brother was in it. And then he like went to Germany to learn underneath the scientists. I mean, Oppenheimer like sounds Heimer very sounds German. German. Yeah, sounds Wasn't very... Einstein also German or was he Jewish? I think he was German. Was he Jewish? I'll look it up. I'll have to look it up. (laughs) You can fact check us there. All right. So now it's time for Oppenheimer because what a switch from pink, bright, comedy musical to a dark Black and white, slow burn. Slow burn, fast edit. (laughs) Slow burn that turned into a fast burn once that thing was dropped. Uh, Yeah. Fast edit. I need to watch it again. My goodness. Um, yeah, I think that the pacing was unique and it was like a little too fast. And I was like, okay, there's 500 characters and I still only see them for like, I, I want to go through Oppenheimer and like time each cut and see how long it was because it had to be short. That poor editor. Like, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. There have to be more cuts in Oppenheimer than maybe any other film just because of how like, like it was faster than but like an never, action scene, but they're just sitting in a... felt like, you know, too jarring. A little bit. 
times because I was like, wait, who was that character again? What was their name? Oh, yeah, I don't even know. It was and then, more wait, like there's another new guy. But wait, like, who's that guy? Is he a scientist or a political? Uh, yeah. Wait, is it, wait, let me see his face. I don't even. Oh, there's. We also President walked Truman. in like two minutes after it started because we were like a little late. Yeah. <laughs> so we may have missed the opening shot, which I think always sets the framework a little. But yeah. Um. But yeah. Oppenheimer. Christopher Nolan's a mad genius, and um, it is based off a book that I haven't read. Have not read the book, so don't come at me for that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think he did some great stuff. Uh, it just was again one of those films that I'm like, why am I not super like on the edge of my seat leaning into this? I'm entertained, yeah. but I'm not like that's top ten movies for me. I know there was. It seems to be, I think people just really were, were wanting something to grasp onto. There was a mm-hmm. huge group of people who were like, I love Barbie. I'm seeing it 20 times. And there was a group of people who were like, Oppenheimer's the best thing to cinema ever. And I was like, really? Like, neither were that for me. But I agree. again, we didn't see it on opening weekend. Maybe we would feel differently if we had. Um, but Oppenheimer was like, I get it. It was psychological, not technological. It wasn't showing us how the science was developed. It wasn't showing us. It was about the internal debate conflict. and conflict inside the human mind with something that is so impossible to do right. But even so, I don't feel like it fully pushed in entirely on his mental state the mm-hmm. whole time. And it could have. It could have yeah. gone harder on that. But it was a lot of dialogue. It jumped time a lot. I think standout-wise, performances were amazing, mm-hmm. and Robert Downey Jr. was almost unrecognizable. Yeah, did phenomenally. I hope he gets an Oscar nom, if not a win, for that. I just didn't know Sirius Black was president. Did you know that was the same uh, actor? No. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He also plays like Detective huh. Gordon in the Batman series. Huh. Yeah, all the same dude. He, I think, men are like. When you put hair on them as actors, you can just... I know. Uh, put a beard, put a like weight suit on them. And it's just in, like, uh, yeah. You know, Cheers versus The Hungry. I'm like different guys. Yeah. Like... Uh, <laughs> there was some hair on that Robin man. Williams and... Mrs. When, Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> different man. <laughs> different man Speaking with that hair. Gosh. Uh, just um, But yeah, the acting was great. I think the casting was phenomenal. Uh, Killian Murphy is one of my top favorites. I really like him. Uh, I think the the stillness and the internal struggle he brings into characters is brilliant um picky blinders to minute action perfect casting yes casting was great Mm -hmm. i just think at no point was i confident in what was happening i knew okay they're working on making a bomb and then they're showing us flash forwards of some kind of trial with him and some other scientist on whether or not it was like a good idea essentially yeah and it was like, but I was never post, confident in what they were saying yeah. or who they were talking about because it was a lot of names and a lot of footage. Mm-hmm. And Drake and Josh was there for a second, and <laughs> then just Josh. Emily Blunt, and that makes me think of The Office and John Krasinski and A Quiet Place, and then. But Killian Murphy's also in A Quiet Place, and Killian Murphy's also in Peaky Blinders. This is his so sixth like, oh, film be with Christopher Nolan. He did Dunkirk and Dark Knight, and yeah. So I'm also not. I think a lot of history buffs loved it. And I'm not like a huge history nerd, but it did get me more interested love, in, yeah. in re- learning about that. Yeah. Stuff. And I love history and I, 
I was excited to like learn about the, cause like how can us as humans drop a bomb that kills it? Like that, that moral yeah. complexity of like, well, they're going to do it first if we don't like, that is so incredibly like you can't navigate that perfectly. Like right. there's going to be mistakes. And so I like that they brought some of the historical aspect. It wasn't just all about the bomb, but it was like, can this guy be trusted? Uh, Oppenheimer, is he a spy? He has yeah. ties to the communist party. We're going to grill him on that. And then he embarrassed Strauss and, or whatever he his name is. And so like, he's a, yeah, he's a then he morally has complicated man. Yeah. And I, I, I appreciated that. Um, but, and it kind of dove into that historical aspect of it, which usually I like because I like history a lot. Um, but I was like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if something missed a little bit, but like, I feel like um, Robert Downey Jr.'s character was just like, sorry for the language, but butt hurt on, like, just kind of got, just kind of got embarrassed by him and was like, oh, I have a vendetta. He probably poisoned Einstein against me and he, he's probably a spy now and he probably has terrible motives and he's actually here to, I, and I'm like, and you're taking him to trial and doing all this stuff and like, uh, I think the whole thing could have been an hour shorter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like there was just quite a lot of that trial Ooh. back and forth, the the scientists back and forth. Like you know, like Which I think it probably, could have been a little more succinct. Yeah, how historically accurate it was. Like I would love to sit with Christopher Nolan and ask those questions about like I'm sure it was all intentional. Right. But why did you leave this and have it be this pacing and why did Similar to the last movie, mm-hmm. it it was the draft. I feel like it was the almost done version that they showed the production and said, So it's almost there and they go, We love it, take it, we have a deadline. Mm-hmm. You know? Like I'm like just yeah, we have Polish to we have to release it. this by the time Barbie comes out. And there's a reason too. I think the choice of having the music building through all of this. The music was phenomenal, though. I will. It give did a great job, and it gosh, cut out occasionally for like just a moment, but then it was oh, back. The violins and the pacing. There so you've was, got 90 minutes of a three-hour movie. The first 90 minutes, there's no cut in the music, and I'm just like, your heart's like, da na 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 na. Maybe they're gonna drop this bomb, and then it felt like an action. Film it's like while just kidding, na 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 na, and I was like, uh uh, like. Well, there was one part, I and I think it was leading up to the bomb being dropped. Uh, I might get this a little bit wrong, but in that song, the composer has 21 tempo changes, hmm. which has never been done before in music. Wow. And instead of like recording them all, and he kind of did it with like violins and stuff, and instead of recording them all separately, he had a phenomenal conductor in an orchestra that actually like played the music one take all the way through with all the tempo changes and like that that kind of intentionality that made us feel something like intense in a quote unquote slow moving film was like really brilliant. And so I really appreciate those types of things because um, I think that just makes these types of films so incredible. Like the, oh, the music was something phenomenal. Yeah, that was really good. So we just had Apogines join us if you are listening. So if you're watching, this is our beautiful, beautiful sun. I don't know where our daughter is. She's yeah. somewhere. Oh, has she been on a podcast yet? Because we actually got her in May for my birthday. No, I don't so think she has. Uh, we might be able to show you guys at some point her, but she is but part Maine Coon and entirely black. Like when the lights are off, you can't see her. So, Appa, can, like holding can the you microphone. say something, Appa? He doesn't want to say anything. He's the cutest boy ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, other thoughts about Oppenheimer. 
I thought it was interesting. I came out of it and I was like, I wanted more explosions. But that's also very bad of me to say because it was obviously a huge historical yeah. thing. But I genuinely was expecting more explosions. Mm -hmm. I think people CGI'd commercials and trailers and TikToks of what it would be like to watch Oppenheimer that were more explosive. Yeah. Um, something I... I'm oh, sorry. I, would, no, I, th I think that was my thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So something that I... And again, I need to watch it again because my brain's just filled with a bunch of stuff right now. You've and been sick and you've been on gosh, set. You've got it's like been wild. Dialogue lines and, and yeah, yeah. stuff in your head. A full episodes just floating around up here. But with the bomb, I know that we wanted to show that we had the technology and we wanted it to be the war to end all wars. And we wanted to drop it on, you know, Nagasaki and Hiroshima, Hiroshima for. But Hitler, if, if I remember right, Hitler was already dead. The so. Germans had already surrendered and ja Japan was on the verge of surrendering yes. and we still did it. Yeah. Come on. I think um, someone brought up an interesting conversation of like, you know, if we didn't, someone else would have. And mm -hmm. Oppenheimer was hopeful that if we shared the technology with the Soviet Union, that they would just have a kumbaya moment and realize, oh, this is too powerful. We don't mm -hmm. want to start World War II or World War Three or whatever. We don't want to end the whole world because they were talking about... Talking about the atmosphere burning yeah, the up because of world the could go nuclear... And so I think that was his kind of naive point of view or maybe you know hopeful point of view is like, yeah. if we share this information with others, they'll all agree that it's too dangerous. Mm -hmm. But then but the realists they wanted in the room show were it. like, yeah Let's show it like we need oh. to sh show it it's i think the other thing that i thought was helpful from the film is that it didn't paint the nuclear warfare out to be a good decision like yeah. yay america yeah we didn't praise pride we way didn't to kill praise those people bombs and killing people but it also wasn't like um i mean it was still oppenheimer's ego and you know the scientists who were like we have to see this through. We have to make mm -hmm. this. We, and we because Oppenheimer was learning from underneath the German scientists, he's like, I have to beat them to it because otherwise they'll have this technology and we're the ones that die. Yeah. If you ever want to just hear <laughs> my nuanced opinion about war, I mean, I'm, I'm just so like, you I think everyone on, should just fight naked. Well, or like I argue think naked. No one would ever do anything. We're like, haha, naked. Um, but I just am so like, these are God's children yeah. and I, I, I lean on the scripture. empathy and I lean on the Hacksaw Ridge, you yeah. know, take of like, who am I to take somebody's life? And nobody, everyone just like paints them out to the other is the enemy. The other is the enemy. But like, if we all sit down, like nobody wants it. I, I also have never been in that experience of, of war and realizing when someone's heart is fully turned away that, um, you know, once their heart's fully hardened, like people want to empathize with everyone, mm -hmm. but then it's also like, well, you yeah. can't empathize with the Taliban. You can't empathize with these people who have already decided that, that you're not a want, human and that yeah. you are the enemy kind of thing. So, yeah, because like oh. the whole thing just started off as a propaganda scheme. It wasn't even about war. Yeah. So, so much respect for the people in the armed forces and, and especially yeah. World War II and World War One veterans and stuff. Um, and at the same time, I think it's a Christian's duty to hold in tension the like combination of a life is a life, um, whether it's a civilian or a person of a different ethnicity or a person on the other side of the world or someone in yeah. Axis or allies or whatever it was like warfare is 
one thing and and human life is and then, still valuable and all the more for oppenheimer that's like men women and children and innocent civilians and all of them are going to get hit by this as well and did you catch that part where um one of the generals is in the room and they're deciding which cities to drop the bomb yeah, on deciding on and he's like well not this one because my wife and i honeymooned there and it was yeah. lovely yeah and so those people are going to get saved because one guy honeymooned there. I was and, just like, but guess what? Other people the have reality stories. That that's and, probably how it happened. Yeah. That's Other how men in that power they did drop decide it on. things. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. And they dropped it like, on some cities just because it was the strategic enough one that would kill enough people to make a move that would scare. Ugh. It's it's wild, but, but also if it ends all wars, then it and but we knew it wasn't going to right. And now, the the conversation is Russia invaded Ukraine two years ago, a year and a half ago, and the talk of a World War Three is like here. Mm-hmm. And so I think and it was important to see on film like the psychological turmoil of not only how those bombs started to be created, but also the weight from Oppenheimer's perspective, we never really saw a lot of the rubble mm-hmm. and of these, you know, mutilated bodies and the victims of that bomb, mm-hmm. which he could have done, but I think it would have been a cheap way out. Instead, he showed Oppenheimer giving a speech and his imagination taking over mm-hmm. what would happen to the crowd if his work had hit them. And I think that is an interesting and helpful perspective for the fact that we live in a world today where war is likely still on the horizon and that we have this crazy nuclear mm-hmm. arsenal and all these countries just this past underground week, like pakistan bombed a couple of people killed like 56 right. people injured 100 others and, and they're I think it's getting just, access to like nuclear things and it's heartbreaking but also a good reminder of like this is what humans are capable of. this is what the fall of humanity mm-hmm. has done and it's the reason we need jesus is on the cusp yeah because sin is here and sin is real Right. So we have to keep that at the forefront of our mind. And for that, I'm grateful that there's that this film exists and reminded Mm -hmm. us like, hey, don't be deceived. Like humans can do terrible, terrible things. Mm -hmm. And we all have to find a way to live in peace with each other or this can happen again. And and I don't want to drop names or anything, but you and I have recently run into to new friends and, you know, family of friends that have been severely affected by war and PTSD mm-hmm. and just the unimaginable things that people experience in war that Sticks just affects with, yeah. them the rest of their lives. I mean, that mental, you know, space for Oppenheimer as well of like, man, I did create this thing. I am the one that created this technology that killed so many people. And I like, that has to be so hard. And then on top of that, being accused of all these things and trying to get away his, you know, security or his, you know, access um, and trying to say he's a traitor and like, all of that adds up and he's just a human trying to do his best. And we need to have so much grace for people because we don't know what they're going through. And the slippery slope of him, wasn't it like at the end he was on trial because the hydrogen bomb was like the next thing that's more dangerous. And he was like saying, no, that's not a good idea. We should, but they were like, but didn't you make the atom bomb? Didn't you Mm -hmm. start to make what led to this? Mm -hmm. And just like that moral slippery slope of like, Oh, we did the first one, so why not just do the next one and the next one? And, the, like, and how easy it is for our brains to defend something and say, well, I didn't drop it. Yeah. Well, I didn't make the next one. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you were still responsible for developing the science that became the thing. Yeah, but if you didn't, 
then somebody else would have. But by the same logic, it it's like saying, oh, like if somebody stabs someone with a uh, light bulb, it's like, oh, well, Thomas Edison made that light bulb. Oh, it's gosh. like, well, yeah. you got to find at some point the logic breaks down. But in this one, it weighed on him heavily and psychologically. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's tough, tough. Stuff and that's why I want to watch it again because I I like things that make you think and I think this one made me think a little more and empathize with Oppenheimer and try to understand yes. where he's at in the middle of this complexity of life because we all experience that so I, I want to watch it again um probably a little more desire to watch that than Barbie again because again Barbie I have like pretty sure I got yeah, got the message I got it. like I understand and let's talk about it and it needs to be talked about but yeah I would say Oppenheimer I feel like I can still dig in a little bit and find some more like nuance that gets me excited about filmmaking yes yes and I, we said that like within the first 30 minutes we leaned over and we're like <sighs> exhale like mm-hmm. this makes me excited to be a part of the film yeah yeah absolutely something about the vibe the pace the costuming the storytelling I was like, that's good cinema. Mm-hmm. That was exciting yeah. to me. And, I w- and it feels almost like something that we could make with, with go good story, Los good acting. Almost. Yeah. Go out into Arizona. Also, a bunch fun of fact, we were in New Mexico mm-hmm. in March. Well, they filmed it and they blew us up. No. No. And we visited the White Sands National Park. And right mm-hmm. outside of it is the launching and test site for the first nuclear weapons mm-hmm. from america all of, all of the missile testing still out there so and they the, use that the space whole for vibe that. and location of that you know what they were talking about we were mm-hmm. literally there and what's so interesting is we were at the park and there's a sign when you go in that's like hey just so you know occasionally the u.s missile strike area will test different weapons thursday noon to two and we'll don't close be here the park so just be <laughs> so flexible we can blow some stuff up I was like, wait, y'all are still like every other day just like testing things here at this national park? Like, it blows my mind. Well, Area literally 51, almost did. Aliens, they're real. Yeah. Anything's well, possible. Pentagon did just confirm that. Bruh. But. I don't know if I can exist anymore. So those are the movies. But you're going to, right? Yes. But so we got a lot crazy. of movies to make. Um, the two movies that came out also were overshadowed. They all came out on the same like weekend or same time mm-hmm. frame. Sound of Freedom and Theater Camp. <laughs> theater Camp. And because Sound they of all kind of... a lot of talk too. And the Indiana Jones movie came out like a few weeks before, but it was fine. Well, Mission Impossible is out right now too. Yeah. And that's a big one. Lots um, of good reasons I, to go I to think theater. Barbie has more box office than it. And then I think Mission Impossible is next. And then, yeah, Oppenheimer's there. So lots more one. to see. Um, yeah. So go ahead up your theaters. Let us know, obviously, what you agree with, what you disagree with, um, because you probably agreed with everything we said. Yeah, because we're 100% right. Totally, at all times. Just kidding. Let us Uh, know what you guys think. We enjoyed both, and we're excited to make better. Yeah. More films. Absolutely. So... That's our two cents on these two movies. So is that four cents? Do we give two cents yeah, to each four one? Cents. So that's our four cents. Four cents. And uh, just for exiting sake on this podcast of Cinema Q, can you give me just the first line of Billie Eilish's song? Sing it, baby. <gasps> oh, oh, I don't know the words. I don't like, know. I don't know.